Well, hello there. This is Jim, the Keys bartender, coming to you from a beautiful Key Largo. As always, always a beautiful Key Largo. And this is the Keys bartender podcast. And if you're not familiar with the Keys bartender podcast, it's a podcast about and life and Keys life altogether. Interesting weekend. And once again, I want to try to practice the, I guess, expunging of filler words and things I use too frequently, things, phrases I use too frequently or sound interrupters. So if you can help me with that, point it out to me. I, I thank my listeners for that. Don't feel shy about it. I love it. I love hearing that stuff because I know you're listening and you're paying attention. So if you're a regular listener, you know that I am currently in between jobs. I'm kind of sorry for leaning in on that microphone right there, but I am doing I I am doing other jobs right now. I, I'm doing more of my notary work. I picked up uh, trying to do some gig work driving uh, for shared ride apps, and I'm using the two big ones, one is working out better than the other. Uh, it was really interesting. I don't get into any trouble saying which one is which, but one of them I had signed up with and had automatically done me uh, some food pickup, which I guess it shouldn't be an issue. You know, food pickup, because that's like a ride pickup. You just go and pick up the food and you deliver. And you know, it's interesting. It seems as if people are more likely to tip for a food pickup when it pays about the same for the distance traveled. I think. I think it does. But uh, I didn't know that was one of the things. I thought I would just be doing rides. I don't know why I'd have a problem with picking up food. Uh, you know what? Because it could be things wrong and then you have to go back and pick it up. And, you know, I, I know I did that. Uh, I was a pizza delivery guy years ago when I was in high school and college and it was, uh, it was fun, but sometimes you had to make extra trips back. And back then the pay was incredible. Nowadays with these third party apps, you know, we have that uh, discussion on previous episodes. They got to make money from providing the service, right? So from the difference they pay, their drivers. So it's not like a pizza shop where they're just saying this is their a pizza restaurant delivering it. They just assume that. So they that's part of the work, delivery of it. So they factor that in. You get paid a certain amount for working and shifting. You don't get tips. Real easy. So well, I, I was doing that, and I picked up just recently some catering work, some bartending. I want to talk about that, too, in the bartending section of uh, catering bartending. I guess I'll have more to say at a, a separate one, but I'll go into the particulars of this one, and I'll include it in it. But uh, while I was waiting for the, the beauty of it, I go to a high-traffic location where I'm waiting for some pickups, and the closer you are to I guess where the rides are originating from that you get more frequent uh, postings of your, of your rides. Let me stop this right now. I got to turn, go offline. So actually I had it on 
for the first hour. It's kind of slow. It's not in season right now, so there's not a lot of rides out there. So where was I? Oh, here. I'm waiting at a location. I actually happened to be at Trade Trade, Trade Winds Shopping Center here in Key Largo waiting. And, you know, it was at the time, uh, I think it was Thursday. And no, it was yesterday. It was yesterday. And it was earlier afternoon. There wasn't much going on. I think I picked up one ride at the time. But you got to really pay attention. I know the layout of the parking lot. But here in Key Largo, you'll see things differently than you would see in a lot of different places in the United States. So here in the middle of Key Largo, there's a shopping center and has about 20 stores and it's anchored by a big supermarket. And there are trees all around it, kind of mangrove trees, not exactly mangrove because it's above the water, high above the watermark, high for here, you know, probably six feet. And there's a lot of chickens and stray cats. Yep, we have wild chickens here, and they're uh, they're not wild chickens. I mean, they're domesticated chickens, I guess, that were released or got loose from their pens. And it was interesting. There's always a, a right before uh, COVID happened, there were tons of chickens all the time, and sometimes they try to really. Uh, I don't know if they trap them or or they use some kind of animal control, but the numbers of the chickens kind of spike and go down. Well, during COVID, when we had all those shortages, like the meat shortages happened and all, all that interesting events that occurred, the food shortages, I don't know if some of the more enterprising people were seasoned chickens. Or catching them, seizing. Um, that's kind of like an old word for it. But now they're back to about the normal population of chickens you see. So I'm sitting there in the parking lot at one end in the less populated, busy part of the parking lot. And all of a sudden I hear a ruckus. I like that word, ruckus. And I see a rooster coming out of the woods there at the end of the parking lot, chasing another uh, rooster. And it was like low chasing it. The other one's running upright. And the one that's being chased is a little bigger than the smaller one. And I'm thinking, what do these roosters got to be upset about? And then I see this young hen come out where they came from. And I started formulating, you know, a backstory on what happened. And it could be that the rooster came upon uh, his regular hen having some kind of relation with this other rooster, and he took offense to it. Because I was there at least 20 minutes, and for about seven to eight minutes, the rooster was chasing that rooster to no end. They were going the whole time. And I didn't think they had that kind of cardio health roosters. I thought they would run at you and then stop and take a breath. But they were chasing each other constantly through the trees, out in a parking lot, under trucks, and things like that. 
I just used my filler words again. I won't, I try not to say it again, but it was all those activities going on. And the young hen was standing off to the side, looking on as if, hey, there's no reason to fight over me, guys. Is all this because of little old me? So I'm watching that. And then I hear a squeak going on. I'm thinking, what the hell is this rooster sound coming in? It's not a rooster sound. It's guy driving up with a pickup truck and he had the spongiest springs. But I hear the rooster cackling, chasing the other rooster. And then I hear the squeaking of the truck. And I didn't think that that would have made some kind of sound effect of and it wasn't an old truck you think it would be one of those trucks and the chickens could have fell off the back of the trucks on you know out of their coops in the back of the trucks no it looked like a a truck that was no more than 10 12 years old but the 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 the, the uh, shock absorbers or the springs were i guess rusty or something like that and i did it again gosh god damn it but I watched that chicken chase each other, and it's and there's two kit cats. One's lazing under a, a truck that's parked, probably one of the employees, and another one roaming around, and they're just watching the roosters chase each other. It's just, it's like they have their own little hood going there, and they're just. They're not surprised. Those cats aren't surprised by the squeaky trucks, all the trailers going by. And this is a high-activity parking lot. And you're just hanging out. And the roosters are chasing each other. I was entertained for about a good 10 minutes. But getting back to that, I'm really enjoying the uh, – the one thing I'm enjoying is a variety of work I've been getting instead of the expected when you go in. It's a little anxious to go into a job where you not, know not what to expect. Because it was on Thursday, I got a phone call that someone said they needed a bartender for Friday, the next day. And they said, well, are you available? And I said, I'm available right now. I was I was going to be gig driving that night. So sure, I'll take a certain thing of it. It was only about 10 miles away. It was in Tavernier. And all I got, the information I got was... Uh, to uh, just show up in black pants and a white shirt. And he asked me if I had a bar, a bar kit, which sad to say, I don't have a bar kit. I'm going to have to purchase a bar kit, but I don't want to go ahead right away and get a bar kit uh, if I don't get another gig for a while. I'm hoping that the, the person that brought me in this catering company said oh would you be interested in doing more i said as long as i'm available and you give me enough notice i mean i'd be happy to and i'll tell you a little about that event it was a rehearsal dinner it was at a boutique hotel in tavernier i haven't done uh, a catering gig in such a long time i used to bartend in the catering hall but doing one away I understand that's why you have to have a bar kit. I never considered that. Most bars have their own bar supplies. You don't have to bring them in. You usually have your own wine key or any other tools. Like if you like to shave your garnishes, you know, 
the lime and the lemon and the orange and express the oils out of it and all that stuff. People have all these different things. Some guys do bring, and guys and gals, uh, bring their own bar kits into their job. But why do it if you don't have to? I mean, someone else used theirs and you never have to worry about leaving your stuff behind because these bar kits can get anywhere up to like $200 for it. And you, a bar kit is a shaker, the stirring spoon, the uh, wine keys, bottle openers, uh, pourers, uh, muddler, shot glasses, and small shakers. And large shakers, right? And strainers. All these things that make you into kind of a, gives the appearance of being a mixologist. And they put it in a nice case, so you just open it up. It's almost, you open it up like the villain in a movie where he's about to torture someone. He would open up this kit and he'd have all the implements of his devices that he would torture you with. You know, the knives, the drills, the tooth thing, you know, we dig into the teeth like Lawrence Olivier and Marathon Man for us older people. I wanted to talk about that a little, but uh, I don't want to go get sidetracked. So I got the gig. They told me the time. It was supposed to be five to eight. They asked me to show up an hour early. I really didn't have to be there till it turned out because I didn't know if what they'd be expecting of me. So I didn't. Instead of just showing up an hour early, it was five days, I showed up an hour and a half early. And it was about an hour earlier than I really needed to be there. But better safe than sorry. I want to give the best impression. It was a rehearsal dinner. And as it turned out, it was people from the area. They were having a location wedding. They bought out this boutique resort. It was on Florida Bay in Tavernier. Tavernier, if you're not familiar with the Florida Keys, uh, my, uh, I live at mile marker 102, which is near the top of the island chain as it comes off the mainland. And they were about 10 miles south in, in Tavernier, a town that's halfway between Key Largo and Almorada. And it was right on the bay, beautiful place. You had a couple tables, had a lovely pool uh, right on the bay. And the bar was set up so that my back was facing Florida Bay. There was a uh, two docks nearby, well-appointed docks, a lovely picturesque background behind me. And uh, the refreshments that they were going to serve at that involved no poured drinks. It was about uh, it was two different types of beer from a local brewery and two hard seltzers with uh, the vodka-flavored seltzers and bottled water. And that was it. And I thought for a second, I said, oh, that's that's an interesting tactic to have when you're, you're having a party. And it turned out it seemed to be a smart one. It was well thought out because there were cans, so they didn't have to worry about I guess they can't have bottles. They don't want to have bottles on the property because they worry about glass because people like to walk around barefoot and then flip-flops. And glass is uh, one of those things that, you know, it's elegant, 
But you don't want to go with plastic because plastic, that a lot of the plastic used for cups and stuff is not recyclable. You like to think of it as recyclable, but it's not like the plastic in, in water bottles. Slightly different. And so they had all those items, uh, all those items, only four, five items. Now I'm thinking, boy, this is going to be interesting. And it, I'm going to go over it. It, it was, uh, it actually was shocking to me because I always thought you needed to have more choices. And these people, they seem, the people that were planning the party because they purchased the refreshments really, I guess they thought it out really well because it really worked out well. Because if you weren't happy with the four choices you had with alcoholic beverages, you had water and water is pretty much uh, consumable by everyone. But then again, you know, some people did ask about maybe less than five people out of, it seemed to be about a, about 80 or 90 people at the rehearsal dinner. And about five people asked for non-alcohol, uh, non-alcoholic refreshments like uh, flavored seltzers and uh, a wine. So that, that was really... It was really pleasant not having to work it. And they had it all laid out for me. They had uh, six coolers and he iced it down. And it was my first experience working as a catering bartender in the Keys in 16 years. And the 16 years of me being down here. And it's, I started at, I arrived at 3.30 and the sun was getting low. And down here, I guess the highs got into the mid 80s and is very humid. And the sun, it was unobstructed sunlight coming on me. And I'm wearing a heavy white uh, dress shirt with wool pants. Non heavy wool pants, but I'm not really a big fan of wearing wool when uh, I, I, I'm more fan of cotton or even even polyester, really, than wearing wool. But that's what I had with short notice. And within an hour and a half, I don't really take notice of this because it's something that happens to me all the time. I sweat really easy. I sweat really easy and I just get used to it. I used to get very anxious about the amount of sweat I had. Whenever I was wearing a suit or anything like that, I'd start sweating out, pitting out like crazy. And, uh, you know, little on the face, little on the hair, hair getting wet. And as I got older, I guess it happens more. So as I started sweating, we all heard that horrible saying, you know, sweating like uh, a, a, a sex worker in church. I don't like using the word. Oh, whore, but um, it, it did appear that way. And I didn't notice it until people coming out. They, the, the sweat was, I, I was surprised by it when it was brought to my attention. I had a woman walk up to me and she says, you're so hot. And I realized I was sweating a little. I seen some sweat, felt the sweat going. I didn't realize that my shirt was soaked, but I wanted 
I didn't know the crowd, my crowd that well, but I wanted to be lighthearted. And I said, oh, thank you very much. And she goes, no, no. I said, I know what you meant. I'm up sweating a lot. And she started laughing. And then another guy came up to me and said, is that your sweat? And that one, I so I had like a million things going through my head. I thought, wet t-shirt? No, I was in wet t-shirt con- competition. I thought, which this is five seconds. Uh, I could have said, listen, there, you know, the water's six feet away here. And I was, I saw a fish and I wanted to go and pet it. And I leaned over too far and I fell in. I was in a water fight. I could have said that. I just came from a, a Russian uh, steam room sauna up in Miami. Uh, I, I forgot the order of operation when I was taking a shower today. So I dressed and then took a shower. So that was a mistake. But all those things, I wasn't aware of my audience. So I didn't think they were, I I didn't know until later that all those things would have been fine to say, or any of those things would have been fine. He said, if I said all those things at one time, the guy could have thought I was a little over the top. And uh, the, uh, I looked down when he said that, and that my body was the, the shirt was clinging to my skin. And I can say, boy, I was in the old days, I would have been so self-conscious about it. It did bother me a little. I was pulling the shirt away from me. I just, the, the act of sweating and feeling uncomfortable sweating adds to the process of sweating, meaning I sweat more. So I started drinking lots of water. I said, oh, I better, well, at least I don't, I'm not going to dehydrate. I got to drink. And people are coming up to me saying, are you all right? Are you all right? And I said, I'm doing fine. And then the word got around since it, was, it wasn't it was regular. So none of these people knew that I had, in March, had had a heart attack and been out for But several of the people, it turned out that the bride and groom or one of the sides was from Miami. And there were people from the area uh, that lived down here. And they, uh, word got around that, oh, this guy, this guy was, you know, had an event in March and look at him right now. He probably has a problem. And I said, listen, I sweat all the time. And one of the women was a physician, a physician who attended my spin class. And she had attended the spin class that had the cardiac event. She was there for it. Uh, she wasn't one of the responders because there were two nurses there at the time. And uh, the uh, so it just made it all the way around. And they asked me how I am. I almost did blah, 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 blah. But they asked me how I am. And I said, I'm fine. I did that all the time. And I said to the woman, her, her name, the doctor, I said, you know how I, if you could tell these people, you know how I am when I'm in the class. And I'm really, I feel really good right now. This is a normal process for me. I had to tell him that. But I would have realized if I had done my homework, I would have asked. A, there's a lot of questions I've asked. I guess I was so eager to take the job, I just jumped on it. Didn't ask any questions. So, white shirt, black, black pants, black uh, uh, shoes, work shoes. No problem. So I'd show up. I didn't ask anything, but I didn't really ask anything. I didn't get any information other than where to show up. I didn't even ask when it would end. So 
I could have asked, and I said, when you mean white shirt, can I wear a white collar shirt? Where am I going to be? Should I bring a change of clothes in case there's rain or something? Is it undercover? I mean, if undercover, I wouldn't really change the outfit I had. Uh, I would have, you know, if it wasn't undercover, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change. Because, you know, you're going to get wet. It's not like I'm going to stand there with an umbrella or anything. Just stand out there. That's what you do. Well, so, but it was such a lovely crowd. I really enjoyed it. Oh my God, I went on for 24 minutes. I don't even think I'll be able to do the. Uh, how did that go on for 24 minutes? Hold on a moment. I'm going to pack and listen to what. Sorry about cutting it off all of a sudden, but I was so shocked. What seemed like eight minutes went on for 24 minutes. So I apologize for that. I'm going to cut it real short again. Get back to the story. So here I am sweating. Eventually, the sun goes down. It's beautiful night. And they're lovely people, very friendly people, very polite people. I got a, a couple short conversations with people, but all in all, it's not as busy. It wasn't, especially towards the end. I was interacting with people once every three, four minutes when I was working in uh, the restaurant. Until re uh, recently, I was going for, you know, five, ten seconds. That was the amount of break I had. I was able to walk away, uh, throw some trash out, come back. It'd be another three, four minutes before someone came up. And then I get maybe eight people up at the bar. But what do you do? You shoving out cans and stuff like that. So it looks like a good time. So that night was wonderful. You get to see the backdrop and it was a a moonless night, dark sky, beautiful stars uh, on the water, very uh, calm night, not very windy. So the water was still, so the lights coming off the boats that are anchored in uh, Florida Bay, which is Florida Bay, not the Gulf of Mexico until you get out. You got to get out a couple. Uh, I don't know how far you have to go out before it becomes uh, the Gulf of Mexico. But Florida Bay is generally, the, the water is around there is maybe 10, 10 feet if at most, at most, most of it's under that. So you see boats anchored out there. It's just lovely. And they had a live entertainment. I had a great time. It was very relaxing. I ended up getting out of there at 10 after 8, which is for a Friday night is very early very early and it was a pleasure and it was lovely people and get to say goodbye to the, the bride and groom and some of their guests and the, and the father of the bride and they're nice people so i hope to be able to do that again but i'll know now in the future what to ask some more questions that even though i'm the keys bartender i put it on there and i pretend to be an expert i did not gauge my my gauge my preparation for the requirements of being a off premises bartender that a bar kit having a bar kit that was a small thing uh, what kind of clothes to wear where would it be working what would I be serving what my, would my responsibilities be how much would I get paid should I put a tip jar out or not which is an important question. You can't just, I would be very careful. And if you're one of these people, if you end up, you're a bartender, you want to go, 
uh, do these off-premise and catering? You definitely want to ask that question because you can always accept the tip. Most of the time, some people say, don't accept any tips from anybody. I I, I think that's be like saying, don't talk to anybody. You know, you, you can't control that. That's not one of you. That's not in your purview. But putting that just because you, you when you hire somebody, you can say, I don't want to feel as if people have to tip. So they, sometimes they won't. And then you can make an adjustment prior once you know that information, say, well, if I can't put out a tip jar, let's say an additional hundred dollars. Not not too bad, right? So, but you generally get paid a flat fee, and then you could get some tips from that. And if they don't want a tip jar out there, do it. But I didn't ask those questions. I wasn't concerned about that because it's my first gig working for the people. And I but I guess I should have asked that because I would have uh, asked, oh, where's the bar going to be? Is it in the direct sun? Because of daylight savings time, the sun goes down a little after 5, starts going down at 5.30, uh, quarter 6, and you don't get that direct sunlight. But for about almost two hours, it is it is something different down here. Even if it's only in the mid eighties, it, it could feel like it's a hundred down here, or it could just be me. But they do say that real temperature like a hundred. But I I plan on doing that again until I if unless I land a job with uh, someone else to get back to the other job gig work. Uh, it is not necessarily, I guess, the uh, in season, it's a little different than it is out of season. I I don't know if it's because of the apps or the nature of it. It's just not that frequent this time of year. Just like, even though there seems to be a lot of traffic down here, seems to be a lot of people here, especially on the weekends, and we're getting our seasonals back. But due to the geographic nature of the a geographic uniqueness of the Keys, meaning 120 some miles spread on this long route that uh, unless you're in Key West where there's a high density situation, you have the bars all within walking distance. All you have to do is, you know, within most of the bars, most of the rest, uh, the, the hotels are within five blocks of the main drag. And then they're spread out. There's other hotels and things on the other parts of Key West, which is an island. And so you, you there on a, on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, you'd have almost any time of year, you have a decent amount of rides. And it's all a function of how many drivers you have out here. At one point, I turned on one of the more popular apps the two, of the two apps I had, and I looked at the number of vehicles. I turned it on from a passenger perspective, and I saw that there were eight cars in Key Largo available, and there were no rides coming through. And I thought, well, why would there be eight cars if there's no rides coming through unless I'm not getting, you know, maybe you have to be on a different tier level as a driver to start getting rides. I just didn't know that. And that wasn't, you know, how long are you willing to wait 
for your first ride. One, I had uh, the app for five days and I didn't get anything except some pickup at McDonald's. And I didn't know exactly what to do. I didn't know it was a pickup. I assume when I accepted it, I was getting a ride and I was pulling up and I saw someone up front. I said, are you waiting for a ride? And I'm looking at the app and it says, oh, it's a pickup. Go to the window. And I said, I go to a window for a pickup? So I went inside and said, I'm here for a pickup. And it was inside. And it was, I don't think I'm ruining someone's anonymity. It was something like... uh 40 chicken McNuggets, two orders of fries, and maybe a couple uh, cheeseburgers. And I went to the, the deliver. It was at a, a condo, and it had two sets of keypads. And when I went up to it, I buzzed the number. And the person, uh, when they called up, they said, just buzz yourself in. Here's the number. And I said, which keypad do I use? Because there were two keypads there. And the building was spread out over, it seemed like a quarter mile. And I said, where, where, which building should I go to? It just says the number here. He said, well, he said something. And I didn't really understand that. He says, well, where the numbers are. And I said, well, the num- I don't see the numbers until I get into the building. I don't know if this is uh, 504 or 504 is a building down uh, the street. So 504, it's all going with colors, but they're painting everything. They're painting all the, uh, uh, they're doing a whole refurb on the, on the building. So it's all like a beige right now. So I guess the person was a little high or something like that, but it all turned out all right. And I'm looking forward to it. I know there wasn't a lot of self-help here. I do appreciate you guys waiting for the episode. I don't know how much it was worth to you to do that, but I will be back with another one. And uh, we'll have some, hopefully we'll have some poignant things to say. And uh, I'll talk a little more about maybe if I, by the time, I, I don't think I'll have another gig till then. I probably will have interviews a couple places, but until then, have a great day and I'll be back. Talk to you later. Bye.